short. One, zero. Hi, everybody. My name is Tom. I'm the less enthusiastic designer in this duo. And a quick random fact about me today is I finally set up a uh, Wi-Fi mesh in my entire house so I can have a good signal wherever I am, especially in my backyard during the summer. So, woohoo! Hello, everybody. I'm Mario. I am the enthusiastic developer in this duo. And if you see me drinking during today's uh, uh, conversation, especially for those audio listeners, I am drinking from a cup that I actually took from the Foo Fighters concert at Arena in Pula. So I managed to see Foo Fighters while Taylor Hawkins was alive. I'm really proud of that. It was an amazing concert for all of you who haven't. So you're a thief. Uh, yes. Actually, I don't think it's a thief. I think it was optional either to return it and get your down payment of two euro for the cup back, or you could leave two euro and take the cup. Okay, then it's uh, hey, you're not a thief. There's uh, yeah, I know a couple of people that collect pints from pubs and stuff. But I think pubs like do that for marketing. You know, you have yeah. on one hand you lose like you know a mug, but then. Every time a friend comes to that friend, is like, hey, I got this at Joe's. And hence, Joe's gets worth of yeah. month marketing. My wife collects uh, glass pints from Hard Rock Cafe. So we have a ton of them from all over the world. It's so cool. it's kind of cool, except Hard Rock Cafes suck and they are neither rock nor hard rock. That's so to be about. fair, I don't care. You have a crane. It's to nice, be fair, it's international. No. It's a cool thing, but it's not rock and it's not hard rock. So uh. every time I was in Hard Rock Cafe, I had really good food. It was like really proper food, good barbecue, good burgers. Uh, they were playing rock music, and uh, one time I was in Dubai in Hard Rock Cafe. It was I, I think just my last couple of days in Dubai were first couple of days of Ramadan. And they took everything down, all of the posters, there's no ads, everything's closed down, no restaurants are working. But Hard Rock Cafe worked. And they were like, that was pretty punk. And I ate a nice burger, middle of the day. It was cool. So, it was pretty punk. Very um, nice. Take anyway, us into the next topic, because it's the, yours. The topic for today, we're, 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 since we started with uh, stealing stuff and not stealing stuff. <laughs> I think this is a good intro. Topic for today is NDA contracts and other types of contracts that we have to deal with as professionals. Uh, primarily NDA, but there are non-compete clauses and, and other stuff like that. Uh, all the things that you have to sign when you either onboard a client or join a company. And there was a tweet that somebody shared with me yesterday where... Uh, some guy said, uh, I don't have GitHub account because I write code that makes money, which was uh, a trigger for this conversation. And the joke is basically that you cannot share things that you work on always, all the time, right? And in my, if you look at my portfolio on my website, there are three screenshots for the three last projects. And that's it. And a big NDA notice saying that a lot of my, all of my latest projects in the last five six seven years are under nda and i can't share them publicly especially the research that has been done and what i do is i invite people who want to take a look at my portfolio to book a discovery call with me then when i'm very open to share what i did and talk about it um, in a very controlled manner yes so this is a problem and uh i would like to take it I'd like to kind of take this discussion apart to two things, to two different directions. One is that 
when you are a seasoned professional that's actually worked in serious companies and you have signed an NDA, then, and you do want to talk about your work, you have to see how to do that. That's one. Another way this could, this conversation could go is I use the Joker, the Joker card. Well, everything I do is under NDA in order not to have to show my work. So I kind of use it like a get out of jail free card when, you know, uh, interviewing or, or doing anything. And that's not what it was meant for. And that's something that really, really, really annoys me. So uh, uh, if you hear me being annoyed during this one, yeah. How do you go around that when hiring? How do I go around that when hiring? Uh, I have a, usually when, okay, usually when I uh, place an ad for a senior, I say, okay, I'm going to treat you as a senior. I'm not going to give you a, a you know, to-do list task to do, but please find some code that you've done that you are proud of. I don't care what it is. Obfuscate it as much as possible. Get it out of context. Rename the variables. I don't care, but show me something that you are really proud of doing, and then let's talk about it. You decide how much we're going to talk about it. If you cannot do any of that, then I'm going to give you a task. Like I need, I understand that a lot of the work a senior person has done is under NDA. A lot of the work I do on a daily basis is under NDA. However, I need to see some of your work. Find a way to show me your work. And this is on you as a professional to understand the limit of what you can show and cannot show and what you can talk about and what you cannot talk about, but find a way to show me as a potential employer, something that you've done. Yeah. I had a, uh, I had, I have a friend who is a very senior developer who's now looking actively for a role after more than a decade in a, in a, in a company as a senior and a lead and a CTO at the end. And he has so much experience. And all of the code that he wrote is intellectual property that is under a mountain of contracts because the industry he was working at was mostly largest world um, insurance companies. So there's a lot of proprietary software, a lot of stuff that he cannot share publicly. There's no way he can put that in a get, into Git repository. He's like, oh, this is what I did for this large company owned by the, one of the richest men in the world. So I think at that point, someone might actually enforce that contract and there would be hell to pay. But there are situations where I'm pretty sure people that made you sign an NDA for a logo that you did nine years ago, nobody gives a shit about that NDA. And I, don't, I wouldn't even guess that it's enforceable that, that long after it has been done. But there are situations where uh, you need to show your work, like you like you said. And actually, I had a I was um, interviewing with a potential client yesterday, and I had to share some of my work. And I was speaking to two other very senior designers in the company. And in like sixty minutes of our conversation, I think I actually shared screens and show some of the stuff for maybe five minutes. It was very short. They just wanted to see how some of the things were done. I shared design system more than the screen itself. And once you get to a point where you have a lot of experience, you can talk about the things that you did, how you did them and why you did them, that showing something is just make sure that this guy doesn't use Comic Sans, <laughs> at least in design, right? So it's kind of, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. He can obviously 
talk a lot about the process and the work. And then showing the screens is merely just the confirmation that the work has been done rather than anything else. And I just talked about some of the issues and the challenges I faced working with the larger team and uh, managing stakeholders, how to get everybody on the same page, how to how do you champion your decisions and why did you make decisions like this and not like that? What were the failures? What were the learnings and stuff like that? More than, oh, I, I used the Helvetica here and uh, this shade of blue there. Like nobody gives a fuck actually. When you're interviewing for a UI designer that needs to show pretty UI, then you're going to be obligated to do that. But when you're senior interviewing for the senior role, it doesn't matter as much. But this is uh, exactly, so if you're a senior interviewing for a senior role, let's say in development, I don't, and you worked for company X, and company X builds that social network for dogs where dogs can say woof, which we already talked about. I don't care about uh, the actual structure of your database and things like that. What I do care is the fact that you came up with, hey, you know, I don't know, the stakeholders said we're going to have three types of posts. One is going to be video, one is going to be image, and another one is going to be just pure text. And then you came in as a senior engineer and said, no, we're going to build it like we have N types of posts, because in three months we're going to come up with a new type of post, and if we lock ourselves in with three types of posts, then we're screwed. So we're going to build it in a way that we can have N different types of posts. And for this... We're gonna uh, we're gonna use an interface. We're gonna have an abstract class. We're gonna have um, a separate database class with all of the particular properties for each post type. We're gonna use. Uh, we've had a discussion between I don't know table type per table or type per hierarchy type of database things, and then we made this decision because of these and these reasons. And this is a conceptual decision that I'm interested in. I'm not, and this is a conceptual uh, decision. I'm interested in how you made it. I don't care how your database looks. I don't care what data you have in it. I care that you have the broadness of mind, which you took on as a problem and solved it. And you can tell me about that problem without even saying that you did that for this and this company. You can say in one of the companies I worked with, we had a stakeholder who said we need these three types of things. And then I came in and told them, no, we don't need three types of things because in three months you're going to change your mind. We need n types of things and we're going to solve the problem for n and i did it like this we chose the table per hierarchy i don't even care which company it is but i understand that you have the technical knowledge to make that decision that you have the practical knowledge from experience to make that decision because you understand that the clients are going to change their minds because hey guess what the clients are going to change their minds and that you understand the value of when doing something do it in a extendable way so that later when you have to extend it everything is prepared so uh, um, there is a way to talk about concepts without actually talking where they were applied in which company they were applied and how they were applied but when talking about concepts you can still show off your skill your knowledge and your understanding of the situation and sound come off as that you know what you're doing because apparently you do so what would be your advice then for uh, if somebody's trying to find a job as a developer, who's a senior developer and is applying to jobs, what do they put on, like what do they apply with if they don't have a GitHub account that's filled with stuff? And is it just CV alone or? So 
first of all, I don't agree with not having a GitHub account. My advice to okay. any developer, junior or senior, is please have a GitHub account. A GitHub account is your CV. Like from, from your CV, if I'm looking at your CV, I'm going to take a glimpse at where you were hired, but looking at your code is going to show me much more. Saying that, you can have a GitHub account that just shows off concepts. So I was working in a project and we had a situation where I had to use dynamic components for Blazor. And then it pissed me off how they are done with a lot of magic strings. So I kind of worked around it and I found a way to use interfaces and to uh, use the compiler to my advantage and all of those nice things. And so I wrote a blog post about it. And my blog post doesn't have the actual classes that are being changed, the actual place. But I have three dummy classes, dog, cat, mouse, and then show the concept, the concept, just the basic concept with those classes. But when you come and when you Google Mario and when you come to my blog, then you see that and you see that I understand the concept. And when you look at my GitHub repo, it's basically a start new project to do with the concept in like 20 lines of code, 30, maybe. But it shows that I understand a concept. And I think any senior can do this and it's going to take him or her like uh, um, three hours to, to, to add a meaningful project every now and then. And if once in every three months you describe, you take three hours and describe one technical concept that you've done, then a year later you have a good enough GitHub that you can apply to any job. And when they ask you to show me the code, you just show them the concepts. So uh, um, excuses that I cannot put anything in there because everything I do is under NDA and excuses that I have no idea what to put in there and excuses that I only write uh, uh, code for money. I only write code that makes money are excuses. They are. And, you know, I know people who actually make a really good living without having a GitHub because they chose to do so. And apparently it is doable. However, I don't want to do that for myself. And my advice to anybody listening, please have a freaking GitHub account. You, you seem angry. Yeah, but I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm not as angry at senior developers not having a GitHub account. I'm angry at junior developers not having a GitHub account. So if you're a junior developer listening, please have a GitHub account. And when junior, juniors apply to positions and don't have a GitHub account, the, most, uh, uh, the two most often reasons are, one, I had no idea what to put in there. Like, you just wrote me a motivational letter where you say that you are really interested and really enthusiastic about learning everything about software development. Well, show me. Show me that today you have opened YouTube, typed, I want to learn something about, watch the tutorial, did it, retyped it. And then if you already retyped it, commit it, just commit it so that you show me as your potential employer that you did it. If you are practicing algorithm tasks, commit them. If you are practicing, I don't know uh, how to work with Mongo, commit the demo project, just commit it. Show me that you're doing something. Or if a junior developer comes to me and says, yeah, I did this, this, this. Okay. Can I see it? No, no, it was for a company. It's under NDA. Like, dude, you're a junior. Show me what you do. 
if you're a junior with everything is under NDA, then that's kind of an... I'm more lenient that it's in the excuse area than in the in the <laughs> actual problematic of the NDA thing. But again, this is my personal frustration. This doesn't have to be correct in the industry. This is not... This is just my point of view and screw you. This is my show and I can share my point of view. <laughs> this is why you're here. Like we, This is why we don't have anybody uh, here who doesn't have a GitHub account. Well, I don't have a GitHub account. No, actually I have. I have a GitHub account. I think I maybe have like one commit. I, I need to look like for some bullshit. But you probably have Dribble, uh, or I don't know yeah. what the designers use nowadays. So designers use Dribble and Behance, and my Dribble was last updated in 2013. Uh, so it's been 10 years now. And to answer your, to come back to your, every three months put something on there is like, yeah, but there's always more important shit to do and you never get around to it. And then suddenly 10 year passes, 10 year goes by and I look at my dribble and it was like, oh, cool. This is all irrelevant as fuck. Uh, and there, so I don't use dribble uh, anymore. And it became kind of, there was this, I called it the dribbleization of design where, and don't get me wrong, I like dribble. And I ran a Dribble meetup and I run a Dribble community still. So, but it kind of became a place for people to come and everybody does the same shit. There were a couple of, because Dribble works in a way that it promotes popular designers. So on the front page or on the popular page or hot section or however it's called, it's always the same 5, 10, 20-ish people, right? In the beginning, it was even less. And they always, they are the innovators, do their own style and whatever, cool. But everybody just goes on there, picks up whatever they did, copies it and rehashes their shit. So you have a copy of a copy of a copy of someone's original design. There are a couple of people who are amazing to follow. But then if you come in with something that is not a trend, and want to show off your work, when people who are hiring are looking at your Dribbble portfolio, they would look like, oh, this is popular. This is your thing. It doesn't match. Next one up, right? So people started to do Dribbble stuff just to look like they're doing the current thing. This year, everything's, this and last year, everything's like purple. Everything is Web3, black and purple, do the thing. It's uh, with, with, with gradients and, and glowing shit and cool. But you will not build a website for Lidl that has a purple glowing shit on it. So there's a lot of practicality that goes into design that is 98% of the work and other 2% maybe fall on dribble and shit so like I'm, that. So I'm following yeah. Chris Doe on LinkedIn and Chris Doe recently had a post where he said, I get a lot of people asking me, how do I do my carousels? And then he went on and yeah. said, this is how I do them. I chose these three font types. And then he says, font type A, font type B, font type. These are the sizes of my fonts. These are the weights of my fonts. These are the colors that I use. These are the uh, uh, things that I do. And he literally gave the whole design uh, um, set ready to be used. Yeah. And then he finishes, but yeah. this is me. You don't want to be exactly. me. You want to be you so don't do yep. what i do because i do it think about why i do what i do and apply it to what you do so don't be me be you and it actually resonated quite quite strongly because uh, you do 
learn by copying others. That's, that's, uh, that's unavoidable. So you will learn by copying others. But the idea is when you copy others or when you look at what others are doing, don't think about, hey, I want to do it exactly the same. Think about, hmm, my problem is a little bit different, but this technique, this method, this way of thinking, this whatever can be applied and then do that. It's uh, his post is called Steal My Design and uh, it's a great post. And like you said, what, what I think the important thing is when you're doing stuff like that is act like a chef. So yes, if you're a junior, by all means, copy Chris Doe and copy people who are doing great shit and then, but treat their stuff as a recipe, right? So this is their recipe. This is this guy's recipe. And then come up with your own, combine, see what you can come up with. So yeah, Chris Doe has a immaculate typography. Use that, pick up his principles of typography not this size of photo has a this size of font that doesn't matter but see why is that size and what is the ratios and what happens and how the information is being displayed and stuff like that and then steal that and then put that into your stuff and uh yeah and makes sense if i can just go back to the topic <laughs> we're talking about NDAs yeah. and how to show <laughs> the nda work so a lot of times if i do something on a client project and I think about, okay, this would be a cool... So I run a small blog of my own. And this would be a cool post for my blog. But rats, I did it on a client project. What I normally do and what we've been coming back in this podcast on each episode is I come there and ask, hello, people. I would love this concept that I applied here is cool. And I would love to blog about it. Is it okay for you if I do so without disclosing any event? And I will show it to you for approval before publishing it. 99.9999999900% people will say, yeah, go for it. Like 99% uh, of the cases, when you ask correctly, hey, I would like to do something about this. Is it okay with you? They will say yes. And what I usually do is I tell them, Okay, I will give it to you for pre-approval just to verify that by any chance I hadn't uh, uh, disclosed any information that I shouldn't have. And I do that. And in business are, in most cases, normal, reasonable people. And when you come to them with a normal, reasonable request, they will help you. They don't have a reason not to. So uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that if you did that with design, with the design, it's a little bit different because it's a picture and you cannot really obfuscate it with code it's much easier to obfuscate it or to do it on a you know principle level but i've never had a client when i asked i did this like at least 10 times and i never had a client saying no you cannot do that so yeah that makes sense if you if you ask nicely people are more inclined to say yes than no at least from my experience but yeah with design it's kind of it tends to be a little bit trickier, especially if, uh, especially if it's an agency working for a client, and then agency hires you as an outside contractor. They don't want to, you know, they don't want their clients to know that they are hiring outside of their agency and uh, resource outsourcing all of the stuff. It's kind of uh, it's tricky, right? I did I did some like UIs for some apps that are done for an agency that did it for a company. And it's like, yeah, that's it. Like they were like, you are not allowed to show this done. Like 
to at any any shape or form. It's like it was a one month project, UI for now, except whatever. Uh, good money, but it doesn't exist. When you look at my iOS portfolio and all the apps that I designed, like in the last five years, I was only doing B2B work and dashboard because all of the phone apps are, apart from the one that I designed for myself, don't exist, right? Do you have mobile phone experience? And it falls under trust me, bro category. <laughs> so there are going to be edge cases where you can't use it. And well, that's life. I mean, you won't be able to use 100% well, of your references. Yeah, you won't. But yeah, 90% yeah. subcontracting for an agency is not an edge case, especially not in freelancing subcontracting for age. This is how agencies work. This is how agencies operate. So that's not an edge case, especially if agency says, oh, our agency did this award winning thing for the thing. It's not, oh, uh, a designer we hired from whatever, whatever for this project. It's like the agency did it. So again, and... it depends. I don't know how different it is between design and development, but recently I've worked through an agency for a company and I asked them nicely, listen, I would love to use this as a reference. I'm going to put you as my client. Obviously, I'm not going to put them, but can I describe the project vaguely? And they say, yeah. Providing it's vague yeah, enough, describing the you project, cannot say, yeah, we did it for this client, this sub-client. You cannot do that. But you can, again, yeah. use the concept. We worked on a project which was a business application that allowed users to... Bleh. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But it does work with design. <laughs> a concept. I built a logo that showcase a uh, sign that describes what company does. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great. It's beautiful. It's blue. <laughs> it's blue. What shade of blue? Uh, well, that's yeah. that's a secret. The, it's, uh, no, but like, it's just blue, man. Does it have an animal on it? Like, I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe, Where's the limit between an animal? Yeah, yeah. Maybe what's an animal? Uh, uh, but yeah. So, uh, but there are. I I've asked you this before we started recording, but I'm gonna repeat it. Otherwise, I don't know anyone who got in trouble for any NDA stuff personally. I've never met anyone who was, who did some of the things that, like you said, with the grain of salt, right? And when you're interviewing and sharing your screen and presenting, people will not remember what you shared and they don't give a shit, to be honest. So if you have an NDA, uh, don't, cannot put it publicly, but still like feel free to, to talk to people and show it to them you know, just make sure that they're not, it's not a direct competition of uh, of the company. Like, oh yeah, you work for them. Well, you want to interview with us? Show us what you did. <laughs> that could be some some James Bond shit, but uh, <laughs> that never happened. But maybe that's so, yeah. that's maybe also a part of an interview. Like, uh, I can I as an interviewer can see how you talk about stuff that you did for your previous clients. And I can assume that on your next interview, you're going to speak about the stuff that you do for me in the same manner. So if you open up your ex-client's project, which was under NDA, and then you show me everything and share all of the business secrets, yeah, I might not be too pleased about that. I might not care. I probably won't care. But it might be something that speaks volumes of you. While if you try to say politely, listen, this was under NDA. I'm going to tell you what I can. I'm not going to tell you what I shouldn't because I want to respect my clients. That can resonate to me really nicely because that means that in the same manner, you're going to respect my project in your future interviews. So uh, 
always do it with a grain of salt and think about that everything you do kind of paints a picture of you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It reflects on you as a professional, for sure. So what did we conclude? We concluded that the NDAs are there and they're a must and they make sense. And I don't know about you, but for me, even if I don't sign one, I act as if I did sign one. We concluded that uh, you shouldn't show direct work under NDA, but you can you can talk about your results and the concepts that you applied. And we, I think, agreed and... that you shouldn't use the NDA as an excuse not to show anything. Again, I hope that you note the frustration in my voice because... Yeah, yeah. yeah. do not use NDA as an excuse, but uh, be sure that you can show something, whatever it is, that conveys the work you did. Uh, you have a joke for the end? I have a joke for the end. It's horrible. Okay, you go first. AKA is also known as, also known as. Okay, that was difficult. That was, okay, that was terrible. So I have one that I loved. I laughed. I've been laughing at it for the last couple of days since I heard it. So somebody, uh, I think on Instagram, resurrected the topic of Chuck Norris jokes. And I think the post was, kids today will not know how great this man is. And tell us the greatest things you know about this man. And I read a couple of new ones. And the one that I love is uh, Chuck Norris does not dial a wrong number. You pick up the wrong phone. <laughs> oh, I love that one. It was so great. Ah, made, me, made me chuckle for a couple of days. So good. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I love those jokes. I love Chuck Norris jokes. I know they're all worn out, but I love, I love them. The they're always funny. Chuck Norris is open to making Chuck Norris jokes like real yeah he loves them one of uh, one of the good ones is also like jesus can walk on water but jack norris can swim on land <laughs> no but the best the best <laughs> one is uh, when they made expendables i'm gonna say three and when actually chuck norris comes in and swoops in and saves their asses Sylvester stallone asks him i heard that you were bitten by a kid king cobra and then chuck norris responds yeah the bitch lived for five more days and then died of poisoning like you know embracing it making jokes amazing yeah. beautiful and you got a high note with Chuck uh, Norris thanks everybody yeah that was a high note thanks everybody for listening uh, subscribe watching, like uh, uh, tell your mothers about us um, whatever and we have two more episodes by the, the, the end of this season uh, next one next week is going to be a regular one and then we're going to do a live one live Q&A recording with uh, our fans and listeners all, all, three all of you, you uh, listening all three of you so there will be there will be a, there will be a post going around on our socials hopefully people tune in yay see you Mario <laughs>